Hi everybody and welcome to MindTap with Alternative Therapeutics. I'm Olivia. I'm Brittany. And I'm Mary Beth. And Chase is missing today, but we are going to be talking about the five pillars of brain health and why they're important for your mental and cognitive health. today. So do you want to get us started? Sure. Yes. So I kind of coined this, the five pillars of brain health, and I did not come up with it on my own. I've pulled from some various uh, people in the field who talk about brain health in relation to cognitive health and cognitive decline and mental health. And so this, the information I'm going to be talking about today is nothing new by any means. It's all very well researched, very well established as far as helping with brain health and being really important for brain health. So this isn't my original thoughts by any means, but I have kind of put them together and it's something that we are often talking about with our clients and making sure that we are covering the basis of, you know, basic lifestyle things that are really important for mental health because... Yeah, if people are going to work with us and these five pillars are all a mess, they're probably mm-hmm. not going to make much progress with us, right? right? Yeah, it's kind of like what we've talked about a lot, I feel like, especially mm-hmm. on this podcast. Like, you can't have one aspect of your life really good while the other one's really bad. They kind of go hand in hand. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and the, you know, placing some of the power with the client, like, we have a lot of tools, we have a lot of resources, we have a lot of knowledge that we can impart on clients, but if they're not going to meet us in the middle as far as like taking care of themselves outside of session, then mm-hmm. we can't, you know, we just have to ma- ma- manage expectations if that's the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And outcomes, you know, in, in research outcomes in therapy, like 40%, you know, the majority in terms of like, um, so it's like 40% of what accounts for change is client factors outside of the session. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, you know, the relationship with the therapist and so on down. Yeah. So that's the thing that impacts therapy outcomes the most. So mm-hmm. it's like they should be working on this outside of the session so that they can improve inside the session. Yeah. Right. So. That's a really good piece of information. I didn't know that 40% is impacted from outside of mm-hmm. the session. And then I think it goes like 30% or 20 to 30 percent is uh the relationship with the therapist mm-hmm. and then it goes down from there on yeah. skills and on the skills and techniques, techniques and, and then like hope for hope for a good outcome is the last component yeah yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah that's, learn something that's... new every day yeah it's surprising because <laughs> i think most most of us think the counseling relationship is like oh that, that's the most important thing the well, yeah, Carl, the Rogerian, the Carl Rogers kind of, you know, mantra that we drill into grad students, but it's actually outside factors. So these factors exactly. that really play into that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, for me personally, the clients who come to me who either already have these things in place or are open to implementing these things are the ones that I personally feel like I connect with and do the best work with. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody comes and isn't willing to make any changes, then it, you know, 
it, it's hard because right. I can only do so much. I only see this person once a week or once every other week or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And so how much change do we really expect to happen in that hour? Right. Yeah. You know? So what are these things that we're expecting yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. clients to work on? Good question. So I wanted to ta tap in about uh, neuroplasticity a little bit first because that's really at the base of all of this. Our brains are capable of change. Our brains are capable of uh, learning and making adaptations to experiences and forming new connections, which is really cool about the brain. And it can go... Uh, in our advantage or to our disadvantage, right? So, um, you know, neuroplasticity can work for or against us. And these five pillars are all to help neuroplasticity in a positive way, help with positive uh, brain growth and change and longevity and helping with reducing risk for cognitive decline as we age and things like that. So, um, yeah, so let's just kind of go through the list. There's five of them. The first one being exercise okay and of course that's not new to anybody exercise everyone knows it's important to exercise mm -hmm. um the reason from a neuroscience standpoint is exercise is one of the biggest promoters of uh bdnf brain derived neurotropic factor which is like they describe it as the superhero of the brain really really important for um repair cell repair cell growth um and overall brain health and so that is, you know, exercise definitely needs to be a part of the equation. And so my tip for clients, not an exercise, you know, I'm not licensed <laughs> as an exercise psych psychologist or anything like that, but um, my tip is just to try and move your body more and try and aim for 30 to 60 minutes a day. Um, even if that's just, you know, taking the steps at work, taking, mm -hmm. you know, the dog for a walk around the block. It, it doesn't have to be some crazy you know, CrossFit type of mm -hmm. exercise routine. It can just be moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> Slamming weights around. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so exercise is a big one. Um, and, you know, one thing that I do with clients too that I think is important is taking these things, if, if somebody is totally sedentary or they've never worked out in their life, it's going to be a lot to ask them mm -hmm. to, you know, walk a couple miles every day of the week. So just starting small with people, yes. I think, is really helpful, especially for people who have tried things and failed and feel like they can't do things or are a failure. Mm -hmm. Just starting really small. Yeah, um, even though it's just like stretching or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I feel like I really need to add stretching to my daily mm. routine because <laughs> I, I do exercise, but I don't stretch. And oh, I feel like it I'm helps not, so much. Yeah. Because yeah, then you'll, you'll do something too difficult, and then the next day you're dead, mm -hmm. and then you never do it again. Because yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's so discouraging. It like, is. You feel like crap because mm -hmm. you overdid it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I have a client who I'm working with who's not big into exercise, but they do have a Fitbit that they never use. <laughs> I said, well, let's have you, if you're open to it, wear the Fitbit this week and bring in your information for next week. I just want to see where you are, mm -hmm. like what your right. baseline is, and then we'll try and like creep it up from there have a step yeah. goal or something like that you know yeah I um that's a conversation I have with my clients all the time is to start small mm -hmm. um because we have these goals for ourselves, but then you try and you like overexert yourself or you just don't it's too much all mm -hmm. at once and then it's like overwhelming and you don't and reach that point. goal and then it's discouraging and then you give up so I tell my clients, probably every client that I work with, is like you have to take baby steps. And I saw this 
picture online the other day and it was like the perfect visual of what we talk about in sessions and it was a person on a ladder on the left where the rungs were close together and then it was a per person with a ladder on the right and the rungs were really far apart so they like had to reach up and try to climb it and so if you're thinking about it in that way the small steps that person's going to get up that ladder really quick whereas the person on the right unless they're like the next american ninja warrior <laughs> not going to get up that ladder right so i thought it was a really good visual and i kind of wanted to like print it out and yeah. Put, yeah put it on the wall because I like, like i think it, it's it. a very good reminder mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. awesome. good point uh, okay, so the second pillar of brain health is what? Well, I have my sheet and then I have my presentation. Number two <laughs> on my presentation is nutrition. Um, and, and I think that it's, you know, also right up there with, with exercise that, you know, what we put into our body is also what we are fueling our brain with. So if we're putting a bunch of junk in, we can't expect our brain to be firing on all cylinders like it should be. Um, so my overall tips, again, not a dietitian or anything, but my overall tips are to avoid as much processed food as possible. So that would be anything that comes in a package. If you read the label and you see a bunch of words that aren't foods, that then yeah. don't, you know, try and avoid them mm -hmm. or words you don't recognize or look like a chemical. It is a chemical. Um, just trying to reduce those as much as possible reducing or limiting simple carbohydrates and sugars, you know, desserts, cakes, candy, pop, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then kind of controversial, gluten and dairy can be inflammatory for some people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, I do try and, try and avoid them. And I notice cognitive clarity when I do mm -hmm. versus when I don't. Um, but those are some things to kind of consider as well. And then just in general, eating whole, organic as much as you can can and plant-based. You know, lots and lots of vegetables. Uh, fruits are obviously good too. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is, is just being aware that the typical American diet is pretty horrible. <laughs> and, you know, fast food, microwave things, frozen things in the, in the general just aren't, aren't, aren't great for us. Yeah. So. The thing that I think really helps me is, um, the tip of shopping around the perimeter of the grocery mm -hmm. store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because okay. that's typically where all the fresh produce, um, and things like that are. So it's, um, easier to shop that way. And also don't be afraid to buy like frozen vegetables and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, no, they might not taste as good as fresh, but if you don't have a whole lot of time, yeah. you, mm -hmm. you're a person with a family and a job and you got lots like kids to take care of mm -hmm. it's okay to buy vegetables yeah, yeah bag vegetables yeah. throw them in the microwave warm them up in a couple of minutes and go mm -hmm. rather than like frozen chicken nuggets or something like that right yep yeah absolutely good point and if you can afford the frozen organic then definitely go for the frozen <laughs> organic yeah <laughs> And I always brag about Aldi's because it's my favorite store. <gasps> yes. And they have so much organic oh stuff. Oh my that gosh, it's, I love yeah, Aldi's. And it's much more affordable. <laughs> it's so good. I need to start shopping there. <gasps> oh, it's We'll make favorite. a convert of you yet. Yes. <laughs> Bring your quarter, so though. Don't forget your quarter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for, like, the cart rate. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Third one is stress reduction. So um, this is something that... All of us are really big on teaching our clients, whether it's because we're focusing on the five pillars of health or not. Just in general, the mental health field has moved a lot towards mindfulness and stress management techniques because 
hello, we live in America, stress. and stress is high. Yes. For all of us. Especially, uh, 2020 is, like, the definition of stress and terribleness. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're all stressed. And chronic stress can increase cortisol, um, and this can have toxic effects on the brain, literally shrinking parts of the brain associated with memory and yeah, cognitive functioning, you know, processing speed and all that kind of stuff. So if you've met anybody who has been under chronic constant stress you probably recognize that they don't pay attention very well that they don't remember things very well that they just seem really scattered and there's a reason for that because it's you know literally eating their brain so (laughs) don't be afraid (laughs) don't be afraid we have solutions (laughs) yeah um so some methods for stress reduction as we've already mentioned meditation mindfulness and deep breathing and those are all things that we all teach every day to our clients here um, and this, all these things help promote healthy brain activity, lots of alpha, which helps us feel calm and, and in control. And it also, meditation is also shown to be, boost BDNF, uh, as I was talking about with exercise. So it helps with cell repair and growth and things like that. Um, one, one thing that I love about uh, research that with meditation in particular is shown that it helps reduce the risk of cognitive decline because it literally grows the cortex of the brain. So we have a larger cortex, more of those wrinkles, more folds, which means Mm -hmm. more surface area. Mm, Um, And which means in turn that we're less likely to suffer the um, effects of cognitive decline as we age because we have more surface area. The brain naturally starts to age and shrink a little bit, but we're protect, we're protecting ourselves from that uh, with a regular meditation practice. So I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I often teach, the, the, the skill that I often teach clients is a, is a deep breathing technique, the four by four box breath, which I think we've talked about in another podcast at some point, have we not? Maybe. Really quickly. <laughs> it's a four second inhale, four second hold, four second exhale, four second hold, and do that for five minutes. Um, but there's lots of great things out there, you know, and just starting something every day some sort of stress reduction technique whether that's listening to an app you know calm insight timer headspace are all good apps Uh, but just trying to tap in and check in with yourself um, on a daily basis just kind of calm the mind and not be constantly going 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 yeah Um, in addition we have on our website the free meditation course so definitely would recommend checking that out if you haven't um and there's some meditations already loaded on there as well. Let's see. Number four, cognitive stimulation. So um, I don't think, I think this one is more important for the older crowd and older listeners because, uh, you know, at least I think the, the women in this room were constantly challenged and, you know, trying new things and learning new things and meeting new people. And so that is really great for cognitive cognitive stimulation helps strengthen and enlarge different parts of our brain as we learn. Um, And so for the older crowd, I think it's important to, even if you're retired and things like that, really challenge yourself to learn new things, experience new things, meet new people. Those are the things that help challenge and stimulate our brain. Yeah. Um, There's so many different ways to, you know, learn something new every day, whether it's reading books, listening to podcasts, um, talking with a new friend I mean there's just so many different things that you can can do to make sure that you're staying on top of it but just not getting 
not getting complacent, I guess, with yeah where you are. It's a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last one, arguably maybe the most important one, is sleep. Right? So would yeah. you guys put that at the top of the list? Mm, I would. Yeah. Sleep is critical. I like sleep, though. So oh, yeah. It's always important for <laughs> it me. Is, yeah. If I had to choose sleep or food, that would be a tough choice, but I don't know. What would you choose? I would choose sleep. Because <laughs> you can't be hungry when you're asleep. That's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> true that. Yeah. So sleep, you know, there's no such thing as mental health or cognitive health if you're not sleeping well. Like, it's just right. not going to be in alignment. So... Um, and sleep disorders are really, really common, you know, whether that's trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, wait, even if you are sleeping, waking up feeling really fatigued and unrested um, is really common. So, um, and, and sleep, what research shows, most of us need like seven to eight and a half hours a night. Um, and some people would be like, oh yeah, I function great off four hours. No, you don't. Mm. Like, no. <laughs> 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 incorrect um there's just no there's just no way our brain one of the facts that i love what our brain weight is only like two percent of our entire body but it utilizes more than 20 percent of our energy for the day so that relatively small organ right. consumes 20 yeah. percent of the calories that we consume in the day that's crazy to me like that just is like yeah. it's a powerhouse like it's consuming a mm -hmm. lot Right. Well, it controls everything you do, so that makes sense. <clears throat> right. But it's it is weird when you put it that way. Yeah. So with that, there's a lot of waste products that are produced from all of that activity, right, and, and consuming all of that mm -hmm. all of that product, um, and so it creates a lot of waste. And sleep is what cleans all that up. It washes the brain. Right. I think of it as like the little street sweepers come out and they, yeah. you know. I love that idea. That washing the day away mm -hmm. or something. They should make like an inside out too about like hey, brain yeah. health. Yes. I, I could have just imagined the like, street sweepers. Yeah. Here's a question. Mm. So is it true that, you know, as we age like seven to eight and a half, maybe is not necessarily what like seventy plus people need? Older people? Old, older people, like, I don't is know. the need a little bit less? Not, like, four, but... Yeah, that's like a good question. seven. I don't know about okay. older older people. I know, young, I mean, obviously, toddlers and right. things like that require like much our, more than that. Right. Like, yeah. our need for it differs over different times. I would... This is a total hypothetical guess, but I would say maybe that's the case if they're not cognitively stimulated very much during the day mm -hmm. like if they're really yeah. sedentary but oh, that that's sense. a good yeah right that's but if guess. they're keeping up with things the way that they used to then I would think that they still need mm. which I'm recommending based on my cognitive stimulation discussion right right yes. there we go <laughs> yeah so yeah I don't know I makes a lot of sense that is a total hypothetical guess but mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's right yeah um but anyway so during the day, we create a lot of waste, and sleep is what helps uh, kind of clean all that up and help our brain refresh for the next day. Um, and then also, that's when memories are formed and consolidated. So if you're not sleeping very well, your memory is probably pretty terrible. Um, My memory is terrible, and I do sleep well. How do I do, what do, I do about that? Need more neurofeedback then. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, and so my, my number one tip for improving sleep that from what I, well, okay, I have two, I have to throw two in. <laughs> the number one thing that I see most clients struggling with is consistency of sleep and wake times. So I think in it, I can be guilty of this as well, especially on weekends, but trying to keep within an hour window on either end, as far as when you're waking up and when you're going to mm -hmm. sleep each day. Um, that helps regulate the circadian rhythm, helps your body know when sleep is coming and then you fall asleep easier and sleep sounder and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, getting regular with your sleep is my number one observation. But number two is is being aware of screens because that is the day and age we live in. And um, yeah, screens. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally attacked. <laughs> screens screens will um even if you like a lot of people will fall asleep to tv and things like that um you're like i sleep fine but i would argue that you're probably not getting the best quality sleep because you're stimulating when when you're around a screen you're stimulating beta activity which is the fastest activity that we that our brains make and is good for focus and concentration but it's not great for sleep it's like the opposite of what we want for sleep so yeah um, I would argue that you're probably sleeping, but you're probably not getting into the deeper stages mm -hmm. as well as you could if you weren't exposing yourself to screens. Yeah. Right bed. Also, I want to point out that like sleep trackers with Fitbit or mm -hmm. on any other like smart watches, mm -hmm. yeah. it's it's only like take that with a grain of salt <laughs> mm -hmm. because it it goes more by like movement and mm -hmm. um, sound mm -hmm. and. Like, you can be very still, but your brain still can be still be more active. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially if you're, like, laying in bed on your phone, it's not really going to track much movement. Mm -hmm. um, I know that mine has said that I was asleep before when I wasn't, although now it takes into account, like, phone activity because they're linked. Mm -hmm. But um, I know, like, my husband, he was, like, very... He would almost... He'd get to the point where, like, he the way he felt the next day would be based on what his Fitbit said on how he slept, and it's like, yeah, sure. It said like you didn't sleep well, aspect. but you woke up saying you felt rested. Yeah. Until you looked at that, like <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So it's just, I mean, it's not like a perfect science of of um, tracking sleep. I think the only way to really do that is to connect to... In a sleep lab. <laughs> yeah, it's like in a sleep lab where they're actually tracking right. your brain waves during sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that yeah. But it is good to get a general idea of how you're sleeping mm -hmm. or like um, sleeping and waking times. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to track that too. And Yep. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Well, that's all I had to say about the five pillars. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that we all find to be important in working with our clients is something that we're always checking in on like are, is there a major area that is a red flag that we need to address and then just helping to set some goals with our clients around making making some improvements mm -hmm. slowly but surely yeah baby steps mm -hmm. right and this is also i think um it's important to realize like I, I always like to point out, like, the hierarchy of needs and everything, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's difficult to work on brain health and all of these things if you don't have, like, that basic safety, mm -hmm. the basic oh, yeah. needs Absolutely. met. So important to think about that, too, because, you know, we're talking about all these extra things that you can yeah. do, but being it's okay to focus on, like, 
smaller things than that or like more important things than Mm -hmm. um you know like safety and your basic needs met first so yes right absolutely this is yeah (laughs) this is geared towards the clients who are already like have somewhat stable lives and things like that definitely good point yeah Mm -hmm. yep all right well then that's all we got for you today thanks for joining us um please let us know what any comments you have, any ideas for future podcasts that you would be interested in um, listening to, having different topics covered, check out our website at trainyourbrainohio.com. Um, you can follow us on social media and chat with, with us there, um, Alternative Therapeutics on Facebook and Alternative Therapeutics on Instagram. See you next time.